Summer is finally mercifully here, Manitoba. If you want to promote your band or your team or your business with some fresh gear this season, check out our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Supporting local business is more important than ever in these tough times. So get a made in Manitoba solution to your screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl, and graphic design needs over at divineshirtcompany.ca or on Instagram at Divine Shirts. And tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, usually, for people who know the show and have listened for a long time, the format has always been pretty similar. I've been talking to artists who have a connection to Winnipeg or to Manitoba, and that's kind of been the scope of the show for the past 10 years. Every once in a while, I interview artists from out of town or out of country who are coming through Winnipeg and playing shows, but it sort of has dawned on me recently that this is my show, I'm booking all the guests, why not reach out and talk to artists who don't have a connection to this part of the world, but are making music that's meant a lot to me and has been very uh, significant part of my listening, I guess, over the past number of years. So I think that the guest on this episode is someone who definitely fits that category. Uh, I've been listening to your music in one way or another for uh, for decades now, uh, and I'm really happy to have you on here and, and really uh, looking forward to getting a chance to talk to you. So I think that the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist, because I know there's a lot going on. <clears throat> sure. First of all, I want to say thank you to everyone tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's uh, great to be here. My name is Israel Joseph. I I am the singer-songwriter best known for the album Rise, Bad Brains Rise, and the singer-songwriter on the albums with the bands Fireburn and uh, with Todd Youth on bass guitar. Uh, The albums Don't Stop the Youth and Shine. I'm the singer-songwriter, Israel, your man on the vocalities. (laughs) And uh, I've come out with a new album called Meltdown. It's all like, you know, hardcore punk, I would say. But there's other influences, yeah. But it's mostly like hardcore punk. And uh, some reggae. There's reggae on there, too. So, yeah, pretty excited about it. That's me. Cool, cool. And like, yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, I think the people who know me know that the Bad Brains are my favorite band of all time. So when I first heard your record, I would have been a teenager, you know, in high school probably at the time. And uh, when I first heard Rise and and that was a big, big record for me. I mean, just just kind of uh, I don't think I, I knew enough about the band at the time to realize that there was a different vocalist, that it was you on there until a few listens. And I kind of caught on to the fact that, Hey, this is something different. It's the same band, but with a bit of a different sound. And then, you know, fast forward many years later, when Fireburn came out, that was kind of the first hardcore record that I'd been really excited about in a long time. Like it really grabbed me. And I think all the things that, that really appealed to me about the bad brains, also appealed to me about Fireburn, a, a lot of the content and the lyrics, a lot of the kind of just the energy behind it, the drive behind it. And so it, it's very cool to hear when I heard you had a solo record coming out because, uh, you know, all of these other projects you've done, I've always been a fan. So um, it's great that the Meltdown is out and that it's uh, you've done everything completely DIY and it's, it's this kind of uh, really, really legitimately solo project. I mean, you've done sort of everything from start to finish right down to the cover art on this thing. 
Yeah, well, uh, in the end, yes, I did. And But in the end, uh, right before production, <clears throat> I got together with uh, Paul Stone over in England and uh, in London, and he helped me with the background fire work on the album cover. If, you, if you've seen the album, yeah, uh, there's background fire. And all of this work, Paul Stone added in, and uh, the font for the... Uh, the name and and you know he he worked on the fonts, but otherwise yeah I did this drawing. <laughs> this is my artwork uh, of uh, <clears throat> it's symbolic of the times. I thought we were in uh, pretty serious times, and this artwork represents uh, you know where we're at right now. It's supposed to be the Earth, you know, yeah, and where we're at right now, figuratively, everything's on fire. Like, fig- like figuratively and literally. And he also helped with the back. We arranged the lyrics, which looks really good, I think. It does, yeah. And uh, yeah, and we arranged all the lyrics on the back, just like the old school. You know, you get an album and you're like, well, I can read the lyrics. With you. I don't have to. I sing pretty clearly, you know, I don't uh, I sing clearly. So, but I put them on there for keepsake. Yeah. And uh, he helped with the fire and, you know, the font. So that's Paul Stone. But yeah, I did the art and I. I, I basically uh, wrote, arranged, performed, recorded, mixed, and produced the entire album by myself, with the exception of one song, which I had Norwood Fisher from uh, Fishbone uh, play on that uh, on that song. So Norwood came through and dropped, I think is a man, on All Unite, first song on the second side. So... It's a real, real slamming song, and I wanted somebody to guest appear on the record. You know, it could have been on my record, but uh, well, I wanted somebody to guest appear on. If you're getting a guest, too, that's, I mean, as far as bass players go, that's, that's a pretty solid get right my there. Friend. I mean, that's someone you want on that record for sure, yeah. Well, that's my friend. I mean, I admired Norwood as a kid, you know, in the 80s and the 90s growing up. But when I joined Bad Brains, you know, and I wrote Rise, man. We took it on the road, and uh, I met a lot of my people that I was admiring, like, real quick. And I was like, wow, man, this is a great thing, because not only have I met them, it turns out I'm very much like them, and we're getting along like friends, man. This was a great thing for me, you know? And and the whole thing, you know, Rastafari, the meaning behind uh, life in general to me is, is very uh, sequential and kind of like a lot of synchronicity. And yeah, so I saw all that, you know, and it's, it's produced till today. You know, I performed with Norwood a lot in his band, Truly of Disgracious, okay, here in yeah, LA, yeah, yeah. All, all up and down the coast. Yeah, it's big vocals and all that. It's just so much fun. But, you know, I asked him, I said, look, man, please, I'm really like you to play, you know, on this song. And he, he, he jumped right on it, which was great. Came over one day, we had a nice time, you know, just uh, playing on the song, you know. Um, he uh, really didn't, really didn't, really didn't take two, probably like two hours, and it was over. But, uh, you know, we, we had a, a good session, man. Yeah, for sure. Positive, and it, it shows, shows up on the song. It does, it does. You, it sounds great on the record. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting about um, what you were saying with with the sort of the theme and the, the way the album cover is depicted and, and, you know, sort of this this feeling about the, the state that the world's in, I feel like punk rock and reggae have always been two of the genres that are best suited to 
talk about those issues. I mean, reggae more from the spiritual side of things and <clears> punk <throat> and hardcore sort of from the political, from the, 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 the angry side of things versus the, the spiritual side of things. What is it, do you think, about those two genres that, that, that work so well together? Because they, they mesh so incredibly well. Uh, on your records, on, 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 on the Bad Brains records, I mean, it's just there's such a connection between the two. Thank you, Sam. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you what. I am all of that. And my brain is a guy who was born in the Caribbean. So, I mean, I came up listening to, well, we, I, was, I grew up in Trinidad. We had a lot of American music there. But I came up listening to music from the Caribbean as well. And so I was always uh, tuned in to my personal roots. Uh, at the same time, I always heard the music of um, um, American artists, you know. And by the time I got here to New York, I was eight years old. So, you know, I was hearing from that point hip hop. Yeah. It was 1979. So I was hearing, you know, Rapper's Delight and all of that stuff mixed in with all of the rock and roll that was around. On the hit, I, man, I, all the 80s, you know, the hits, yeah. early 80s, late 70s. And I always tell a story about the little clock radio in my parents' kitchen that played uh, oldies, 50s, 60s. So I heard I heard it all. I heard, I was lucky enough to hear it all. And you know what? I was blessed with one thing, with two things. I was blessed with a good sense of rhythm, like time. And I was also blessed with a good memory. I could hear a song once and remember the whole thing, basically, or twice and forget it. I knew all the lyrics and everything. I knew how to sing it right back to you. And I just, but I didn't do it on purpose. I just enjoyed it. So it was like a, a natural pastime for me writing songs. So writing Meltdown and the other albums I did through the 90s, which nobody really knows because I, I, I pursued more of a, a low key career after Rise. Yeah, and we can get into that later on. But uh, you know, this album meltdown I felt should go out. It should be heard. It's, it's all the other albums should be heard too. But this one really, this one is a really special record that I wrote here. So I put it out. But uh, you know, uh, it's just been a natural process for me writing music. Again, burn fire, let's take a nail and work on the problem, what's your plan? It's right, that's it. It's all 
you've obviously been doing this for a long time. And so when you when you finally put out Meltdown, I mean, I know it's been it's been online. There, there, it was online before it became out in vinyl. Now it's a physical copy. You have you're sending them all over the world, which is really cool to see your social media posts and all these people from all these places. I mean, up here in Canada too, ordering the record. That, that's got to be a, Go Canucks. Yeah. Go Canucks. <laughs> that's got to be validation for you, right? The fact that there's all these people from 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 everywhere who are are, are still listening to what you're doing and and you know however they got into your stuff, they have this connection to you and they they, they want to hear sort of uh, what you're doing all these years later from from Rise, which would have been you know kind of the peak of your uh, largest audience, I guess, right? I am uh <clears throat> Absolutely thankful. I'm humbled and I'm really just uh, ready to give the best that I can as an artist every time I get on the records. And I'm just thankful that the artist, the audience is out there. I love you guys. I love y'all so much. I wish I, like Jimi Hendrix said one time, I wish you could put my arms around and give a big hug. <laughs> Remember, he said that on record. It's so funny, but it's true. I feel that. I got it. I, you know, you so much appreciation to y'all and, uh, I'm humbled that you like my music enough to buy my records. Just so thankful for that. And I will always put out the best music that I can. That's all I can say. I, I come from a real place. I was never schooled as a musician, you know. Yeah. Uh, Israel Joseph I is a self-made dude. I, I came here as a Caribbean youth. A lot of people in Canada from the Caribbean. I don't know. Spent some time in Toronto. Some Caribbean people Love all over the are, world. Yeah. It's gonna. Yeah, but this is not for Caribbean. All over the world, people come from all over the place. To different parts of the world to be who they want to be and you know i came here with my parents i didn't even know what was going on so when i came here i had to be who i had to be regardless you know yeah. what i mean it was it was it was right the plate was set in front of my uh face on the table so uh i began to partake and i made sure that i ate the right stuff and that i had a, a plan of thoughts of longevity and so i knew my music was uh an art <clears throat> that I could possibly turn into something because otherwise I had really no options. My parents were not rich. We were pretty broke, actually. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a time in the 80s where racism, unfortunately, was still a, a, an issue. And, uh, you know, there were very like few options, unless you were like really like, you know, educated, man. But I didn't have any money to go to college. Man, I didn't go to college. So I taught myself music. My yeah. music is self-taught, you know what I mean? And a lot of people are like this. I'm not saying I'm unique. But my music is self-taught, and I'm really taught. So, in essence, what I'm saying is, I'm really thankful that it's been the, my ability to make music and get it out there to people uh, on a big label like Epic with Bad Brains, and on my small label here, you know, Age of Aquarius Records, and get it out as Meltdown and everything else in between. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great. Um, are you hoping to release more stuff on this label? Is this going to be now sort of the, the, the home for your releases and maybe other releases as well? I would hope so. Every record label needs money. Of course. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and usually that's uh, called an investor. And so investors are nice, uh, but they require uh, repayment. <laughs> and so... You know, I at this point, I'm just a, I'm just an artist that had a dream uh, most of my life. I'm living that dream, and I am manifesting things within that dream that I think are going to be important now, and in the future. Yeah. So I think that 
AOA uh, Records is going to be signing artists when we, when I turn some personal type of interest over okay. in my, what I am doing. If people are buying this record and checking it out and saying, hey, Israel produced this. He didn't just sing on This is, yeah. he played everything. He played everything. He produced this. He mixed it. And it sounds fantastic, like some old school punk. I want to sound like that. Yeah. Then call Age of Aquarius uh, Records and I will give you that sound. If you want, it's like Phil Spector, you sure, know, forgive sure. me for comparing myself to these people. But <laughs> that's crazy, huh? Yeah. Whoa. But, uh, you know, that's the first person that came to mind. He's mad old school, but I'm not going to use the, new, the newer school guys because they're still around. You know what I mean? I don't want nobody like, you know, I'm, I'm going to respect everyone. But I'm saying like a dude like that, if you wanted that sound, you had to go see that dude. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what Age of Aquarius is hopefully going to be. So I don't want to deal with investors, but if people want to bring some funds to Age and say, hey, give me one of those songs you got, one of them wild, hardcore sounding pieces, I'll do that for you. Yeah. And that way the record company will grow. It's organic. It's organic. I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer and I'm signing, uh, sowing seeds in the mentality. And the mental seeds hopefully will grow into something that is uh, universally uh, accepted and grows monetarily. Yeah. Not just, not just, um, you know, something that, it, but that's the future. You know, right now, right now is Meltdown. Right now, is this album right here. Yeah, that's the, that's uh, the focus. Whoop. Yeah, right there. You see, you turn, you turn it from, you turn it from 6 o'clock p.m. to 12 o'clock a.m. We on the a.m., you know, so you turn it on. To the, from the PM to the right to the right time, right there. That's what's going on. So, Age of Aquarius Records. We'll see what happens. Makes sense. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's it's cool to see that it's it started and you have product out in the world and the names out there. People are seeing the label on the record and everything. So that's 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 great. Um, I was gonna I'm ask super you. Super thankful. I mean, on on a, on a level like as an artist, yeah. I have to talk about it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But on a, on a really human level, I'm super thankful, man. My heart is just uh. I'm not a hard person, you know what I mean? I'm, I was, you know, I'm, I have maybe what society might say over the years would be, you know, the, the, the outcast, but really inside I'm a very human being, man. So I'm very thankful, man.
That's uh, maybe a, a good uh, a good point there too. Is I think that that kind of humanness comes through in a lot of your songs too. And I was going to ask you, um, you know, with the Fireburn record, "Don't Stop the Youth," and with some of the songs on Rise, and with some of the songs on Meltdown, there definitely seems to be. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but there definitely seems to be sort of a message of uh, like a hopeful message that young people can can kind of uh, can can make change, right? And that that youth can rise up, and 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 some of these issues that are that, that humanity is struggling with. You seem to have a lot of hope and a lot of kind of confidence in, in young people to to be able to accomplish this. Is that is that an accurate reading of your of your stuff? Yes, it's a great. And Sam, I really I think thank you for checking on on it that way looking at it that way and uh, explaining it that way because it really is i do have a lot of hope for young people and that's really what i've always had i (laughs) we all were young at one point you know what i mean so i was a kid who was very caring about the environment um i don't know why that happened to me that is a whole other conversation uh but i did find myself as a young person uh, caring about the environment and caring about what was happening in my world. Yeah. On the television and the news, uh, you know, and different, you know, in the scene of my life, I was conscious. And I looked around and I saw a lot of people weren't, but I would never fault them. I would just say, well, it's up to me to bring forth what I think they might want to look at <laughs> because some of it is you're eating poison. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? sure. So it's 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 a it seems like an obligation, you know. Um, but when I saw uh, the young kids in 2019 and 2020 uh, marching for their world and standing up against uh, the corporations, yeah, I was very inspired. I got to say, I'm always inspired, but I was very moved by uh, Greta Thunberg and uh, Vanessa Nakate and. And, and these people standing up for the future. And keep in mind, they were 13, well, she was 13 years old at the time. Yeah, it's uh, crazy, yeah. And Thunberg. Yeah, and she sailed the seas, which was crazy to make a point. You know, she could have died out there. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, it's like, you know, yeah. And I'm sure now she's older, she's probably like, I can't believe I did that. You know what I mean? Like, whoa. But she was 13, like, uh, really feeling it man and she'd probably do it again man she's she's really a great person so she she sailed seas came over here to make a point 
and ended up making a big point. Ended up making like, hey, you know, this is what's uh, wrong. This is what we can do about it. And I'm the future and I'm telling you to do it. Because if you don't, then, uh, you know, you might as well say goodbye to your future. So she she woke them up on a level. And I, and I appreciated that. And that and that wasn't the only thing. You know, there was a, a conjunction that happened uh, in the in the universe, you know, between Jupiter and Saturn in 2022 that I was very interested in and seemed like I was, I don't know, man, I didn't even notice it was coming, man. And I was just like feeling it. So I think this record, there's a lot of music coming out of my head. I remember 2019, 2020, there was a lot of music coming. And I realized afterwards, about a year later, that, hey, man, that happened too. Yeah connect that you know yeah so that came out of that right in the quarantine uh we were having riots going on all over the streets and, and protests and uh so i was out there walking around you know checking it out and um i, I filmed a lot of that stuff man it was it was actually really positive man it wasn't it wasn't like negative stuff it was just a lot of people partying and want to release some energy you yeah. know what I mean well they've been, long, they've been they pent up for so long right being being indoors and you can't it, go out and then having all these issues you want to address as well right so they, they definitely the yeah letting it letting it all letting it all loose I just wish there were some hardcore shows that you could go to to do let it loose like look this is you know you could be out here mad and going around in the streets or you can come and do something positive with it get together and, uh, you know, you can then take it to another level with uh, more positive interaction instead of just coming out and like just, you know, there was a lot of people gathering and, and partying still. Yeah. But, you know, you know, you got to make something come of that. You know what I mean? And, and when you get together in the scene, you can meet together over and over again and get something more solid going as far as representation. Yeah. And stuff like that. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what I mean? Though? I, I do. So yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, it was great being out there and um, it just inspired what had been coming for since before Fireburn, during Fireburn and after Fireburn, which was a need to make uh, songs that were like songs I heard as a youth, the songs I liked as a youth. I'm getting older now. Yeah. Okay. And I've been making a lot of albums. I just haven't put put them out on a, a large level. A lot of it has been reggae. I never trusted myself to really uh, move beyond certain styles of music. Uh, punk, I would usually turn to a group. Yeah. But, um, you know, things have changed. And uh, I've become um, a different individual as I got older. And so Meltdown is a reflection of that. It happened at the right time. Um, the music was written and recorded, I would say in three weeks, probably wow, three or four that's, weeks. That's quick. Yeah. Well, three weeks, it was quick. The, the music itself was written in one week because I was only home that one week from my, I have a day job, yeah, you know, a job I, I attend to, of course, as everyone does. But I got a week off, and uh, I decided, hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this, put this thing together. I was, I've been, it's like pouring out of my brain at this point, and so I start laying drums and uh, guitars, and uh, and and then I would listen back and try to follow the guitar on the bass. Before that, I was looking for a bass player. 
Yeah. Uh, but I decided, hey, this is uh, taking too long to find a bass player. I'm going to do it myself. So I just would follow the guitar. So this is anyone wants to build a record. This is kind of like the formula of how you build a record. Old school style, like me, like no, no computers, no auto tune, yeah, no, yeah. no programs, just to straight to track. Uh, you build your drums and then you build your guitars. What I do is build my guitars. So I hear my guitars, so I write the guitars next. Once I feel that the guitars are set, which, uh, you know, it has to be really nice, so appealing and, and, and something to sing to, then I move on to my bass. I, like, I never write anything simple or something that sounds like something else. Or, you know, I always try to write something that has a lot of feeling, a lot of heart, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of movement. It's not like the metal of today either, which is a different kind of like drop D flavor. Yeah. It's not that drop D flavor. Yeah. It's a different kind of skate punk, kind of like kind of like PMA positive attitude kind of music, which I'm not saying that other stuff isn't either. I'm I'm just making a difference between hardcore and metal. Yeah, of course, sense. yeah. 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 So um, you know, I write the drums, I write the guitars on that level, on that on that hardcore type fast. In fact the drums are moving fast too. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll drop the bass and then I'll wait and uh, I'll come back a day or two later and listen to what I wrote. That's uh, why I like to write quickly. Uh, if I'm writing something and it's taking too long, I'm writing a guitar line and I'm not hearing something within the first few tries, I'm moving on to the next idea. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and just work an idea, work an idea. You know what that does to me as an artist, not as a. I'm not an enter, like an entertainer or a musician. I'm an artist, right? Yeah. I like I like create. I've never been trained so like to create music. So I create from my soul. So when I'm playing, if something ain't soulful, man, I, I'm not there anymore. I'm just on some next things, and uh, so I don't circulate on trying to figure something out so it has to be resonating right away and i look for that and that's how i write and i keep playing until i i hear those chords resonate with me and i say ah oh, that's it and i play them a few times and i sing and then i record them uh, i don't like paralysis by analysis you know i don't, don't like that it makes the music boring if you're gonna be paralysis by analysis write 20 songs and yeah a few of them out yeah and let's get some albums and let's have some fun let's have some show it don't write one song for a year and
the type of music that you play and, and sort of the, the urgency of it. I think urgency is maybe the, a, a good word to describe it. it. It suits it. I mean, having that, the idea that it's just, it's just coming out of you and you're capturing it sort of as it comes out and then, and then you move on to the next thing. That It totally suits kind of the, the whole vibe of, of everything. The reggae songs too, they have that, that sort of feeling to them, right? That's exactly uh, Sam trying to uh, get at Sam. That is exactly what the urgency. That's what I'm trying to capture. I know you know that's funny. That word is the second, the second time that that has come up uh, as far as um, as far as this description of this record. And it's good. It's a good thing. That is exactly part of it. There's an urgency in recording, urgency in getting it out, urgency in, in the feel of it, and that is part of the punk. Thing, you of know course, what I mean? Yeah. That for all my life, it's been part of the creation of uh, this kind of music. Not even just punk, just the creation of soul music, creation of, of what I would call soul music. I know you say, well, it ain't James Brown, but no, but all music is coming from that level. If it's punk, reggae, whatever, that's all soul music. That's all from your heart, you know what I mean? Heart music. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I think that 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 yeah. people often think of soul music and they just think of the genre, but I think that that anything can be soul music. Country music can be soul music. Jazz can be soul music. Uh, Hip hop can be soul music. If it if if, it, if it's something that's that, that the feeling is at the forefront rather than the technical technicality of it. I mean, you can have yeah. tech, heavily technical music that's soulful too, but I think you can have a guy playing a one string guitar and it could be the soulfulest shit you ever heard because yeah. he's he's putting. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's what you say. Yeah, it's like. You know, te- technical music is, uh, you, can, you can say that that music is crafted by the brain. You know, the, the, the brain, uh, the mind has nothing, the mind either has everything to do with both or nothing to do with both. Yeah. Because the brain will create something technical and it's beautiful. I sit around, I sit and listen to technical music a lot. You know what I mean? Like music that has a certain level of technicality, I enjoy it. But as for playing it, I don't want to play technicality. As for singing it, I don't want to sing technicality. That's not what I'm into, but I'll sit and listen to Ingve Malmsteen sure, play all yeah. day. Yeah. That dude is bad. I'll be like, yo, all right, let me listen to that. But I don't want to play exactly like that, but his influence will influence me to play fast solos and stuff in my way. Though. Yeah. In my way. And that people might say, oh, well, you're not following the school. Well, okay, well, then I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not following the school. But in my way, I would like to to play those songs. And and that would be uh, not in a non-technical way, in a soulful way. So see, it won't be with the mind, then it would be with the heart or the soul, whereas like, I'm not trying to, th- of course, everything is so philosophical. You can't say one thing and sound like you're not talking about the other thing, right? It's so bad. I'm not saying that mental, like my, like brain music is not soulful, okay? It can be very soulful sure. it's in its way, but there is a, music that is soulful that comes from like pain and 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 real like it's not coming from the brain it's coming from the pain what? you know what i mean it's like a cry it's like cry you have a thing to cry yeah it's cry it just, just comes cry. out yeah yeah it just comes out something is bad and it's you're gonna cry you don't have to think about it but you but you definitely have to think uh to walk you have to uh, the, well, not to, but to where you're walking, you have to be navigate. You don't have to think about where you're crying. You have to just, just, you just cry. Yeah. It just has, you have to think about where you're putting your hand down. You have to think about what you're saying. You have to think about all these other type of personal things. But a thing like crying or laughing and stuff, you don't have to think about that. And that's soul music. Yeah. That's the part where soul comes from. That whole place where crying and laughing and everything comes from. That's yeah, that's, that's where this whole record that's where this whole record comes from you know this whole album yo it's like uh 7 30 here but 
we've had rain clouds uh, most of the time in Los Angeles, believe it or not. We've had a cloud cover that's unbelievable. It's like we're living in Seattle now. It's climate change. Again, back to, you know, yeah. So just to finish up what I was saying before, that those kids, the whole movement really inspired me a lot. And that resulted in the record. And songs like Crisis, you can tell the words, you know, um, of crisis are are reflective of that, but but a lot of them are. Yeah. And if you look closely, you can see, like you said, there are messages for the youth directly talking to to young people. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not 20 anymore. You know what I mean? And certainly not 13 anymore. But I remember being 13 and 20 and being like wanting to rise up. You know. You know, when we talk about Greta Thunberg. When she was 13 years old, she did that. But I remember being 13. That's why I kind of stood up for her. I was like, I remember being like that. So, like, that's really, really punk of her to do. You know yeah. what I mean? To, like, and a punk is a thing that lights a fuse. And she like, how many fuses did she light? She lighted the whole thing. Everybody's like, oh, okay, climate change. And now everybody's noticing, like, hey, right? That's a very punk thing to do, so. It's very cool. The whole thing inspired that uh, that record, yeah. Yeah, and uh, th- th- I mean, even if even if of the the million people who see her on TV talking about this stuff, if, if two of them take that to heart and then go in and then start their own their own uh, you know rise up uh, themselves, that's going to make an impact. And that's the same thing with punk rock too. I think you can you can have a record that that has this really uh, dealing with really serious issues in in a way that that really is going to get to people's hearts. And and even if the vast majority of people who hear it just go on to the next thing. You're going to get those two or three kids who who take it to heart and, and they go and, you know, they make their record and they talk about the same issues and they talk about what they're dealing with and and, and their, their crises and, and, you know, their problems and, and bring those out to a new audience. And so it's like this this cycle of um, uh, punk rock, I think, is just the never-ending cycle of, of, of turning people on to, to what's happening in the world. I think you're right. I think, and that's also what inspired a lot of us personally, right? We heard records that probably weren't heard by the public when I was listening to Attitude back in like 1985. People were like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like people still hadn't heard about it. The album's four years old, two, yeah. three years old. You know what I mean? So man, it's like, you just gotta like really have hope that the youth are gonna, um, uh, you know, just keep on the right uh, mentality because that's really what we're fighting now. It's the mentality. It's not just the, it used to be we were fighting physical oppression, physical destruction, and like you stand up for your rights physically, you know, don't like let them come on, just bash your head, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But now we're not fighting that so much anymore, right? In fact, when it happened with Donald Trump, we were like, whoa, this is like, hasn't happened in a long time. This is atrocious, you yeah. know what I mean? Like. We move beyond this, I thought, you know, but, and we are moving beyond that slowly, but surely feet are dragging, you know, we're moving beyond that. Uh, but right now, what we're fighting really for is a uh, battle of ground in the mind, you know, the youths uh, with AI and yeah. uh, which is going to really kill their creativity. You know, it's just going to tell them, well, we're writing a story about a lamb who meets, or, you know, and they're going to, wow, right. Sorry. Okay, great. This is great. Wow. Okay, great. I wrote this. And suddenly it's going to say, the schools are going to say, hey, technically she wrote that. Yeah. You know, you have to give her a grade for that or give him a grade for that. 
And uh, that's going to change everything. AI is going to also, you know, change things in other ways too. They use it for security. So we have uh, the use. It's a battleground of the mind to, to, to get them to understand, hey, you don't have to accept, uh, think of, forget accept, think about critically about what's happening to the world. That's If we can get them to think critically, then we can get them to make the changes they need to make, which they already are. Yeah. But I think they're off on tangents. I think the, the media kind of stirs their emotions about emotional subjects and they go off on emotional tangents and never pass any laws or never get any uh, representatives or stand up and say, hey, let's make a movement towards. That's what King and all these people did. You know, they stood up and they gathered slowly but surely, they gathered people. I think we need to get back to those grassroots kind of things and, uh, punk and, and, and rasta and see a unity because we're not fighting physically here you know? this is crazy to think we're going to fight anything physically yeah i'm not into physical but we have to unify the war is within we have to accept ourselves first accept others and once we can do that then we can we can rise above everything but until then we got to make loud noise until then we got to we got to make a loud noise, loud noise to wake people up, you know what I mean? And with clear words that say something. I mean, I just think so. 